You're listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Follow us in our study of God's Word. Well, good morning, Northwest. I'm so excited to share God's Word with you. What a privilege it is to share and like go through God's Word with you. So I'm really thankful for getting this opportunity to preach with in front of you as uh, Pastor Steve's out um, at the Southern Baptist Convention's meeting right now. Uh, so before we begin this time, uh, will you pray with me? God, we just thank you so much. Um, I'm so thankful just uh, who you are in our life, God, that you would just imp- that you would continue to speak to us and what it means to be a believer in Christ, to follow your son Jesus. And I ask you, God, to just speak to us as we go through the book of Matthew, uh, learning what it means to be authentic with our faith, Lord. So, God, I ask you in this time that we would just reflect and also wrestle with these verses that we're about to read today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So many of you grew up uh, on a weekday or Saturday afternoon riding your bike around the neighborhood, and you hear this jingle. And it's like, oh, I know what that is. That's the ice cream man. And all you could think about is like, I cannot wait to get that rocket popsicle, the Batman popsicle, or Ninja Turtles. And that's actually one of my favorites. So I love this popsicle. I was a big fan of Ninja Turtles growing up. And we had this expectation like, this is what it looks like. This is what authentic Ninja Turtle ice cream looks like. But when you go up to the ice cream man, and it's like, hey, I want a popsicle. I want a Ninja Turtle popsicle. That'll be $2.50. I'm pretty sure by now it's like five bucks because of inflation. And then when you pay to the ice cream man and you get the ice cream, it's like, oh, I cannot wait. And you open it up. And it seems like this. Man, what a tearjerker. He's crying, I'm crying. So oftentimes we see things advertised. We don't think, we expect more out of it. We think these are the authentic food or ice cream, whatever we like to eat. We, we have this expectation of what it might look like to this instead of this. So today, we'll, we wanna, um, we'll examine Matthew chapter 7, 21 and 23, where Jesus addresses the importance of genuine faith. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, Do we not prophesy in your name? In your name, cast out demons. In your name, perform many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. So, if this passage is not familiar to you, here's a little backdrop of what's going on. Jesus is, is preaching to his disciples, 
and the crowd gathered around him is what we like to call Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus uses a wide uh, range of topics. Just to name a handful, he talks about anger, prayer, and judgment. And now, here's what I want you guys to do. As we read just this passage just now, I want us to break down this verse, verse by verse, so that we can get a clear picture what Jesus is trying to communicate with us. In this passage, Jesus highlights having superficial faith that lacks genuine commitment to him. I want to take this opportunity to really think about where we're at in our faith. This is often for me. I need to check for myself. Am I truly a committed follower of Christ? Do I have a relationship with him? Is my faith Authentic. Do I spend enough time with God? And to be honest with you, sometimes I don't. And this, it's good that we check ourselves and ask these questions. So we find in verse 21 that our actions authenticate our relationship with him. So I just want to read this verse again. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to stop there. So Jesus sets out a realistic notion that not anyone that call themselves a Christian will enter the kingdom of God. And let's take a pause right there for a second. These people clearly know that who they're speaking to. They call him Lord, which is a sign of authority. So then how is it that those who call on him as Lord are rejected from entering the kingdom of heaven? How is that? So when we look at this passage a little deeper, it says, not everyone who says to me. So one of the key words that should pop out to you right away is the word everyone. Does this mean that some people who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven? And if that's so, then what's the difference between these two sets of people saying, Lord, Lord? So let's keep those questions in the back burner right now as we continue to unwrap this verse. So when having a relationship with Jesus requires more than just saying, I'm a Christian. Sometimes our words say a lot of things, but it doesn't always align with our own action. It's words like, I love you, I got your back, I'm your friend, or your family. And don't get me wrong, these are nice and genuine words, and I'm sure you mean them. But the question is, do we follow through with them? That's the question. That is the millionaire question to ask. When demonstrating our faith, we need to be surrendering our everyday life with him. By submitting that he is truly Lord of our life, proclaiming that he is the center of our life, because often we say one thing, but we do our own thing because we think this is best over what God's saying to us. So I want us to stop here and go into this illustration of this video I'm going to sh- share with you. I have decided to give you this. Really? Yeah. You know whoever sits here makes all the decisions, right? I know, and I'm always making decisions, but you make the perfect decisions, so you just sit right down and start making them. Wow, I'm honored. I mean... 
This feels great. Kathleen, guess what? I just got my new credit card. It's time to go shopping. Oh, really? I thought your husband and you were going to pay off debt. Oh, yeah. I mean, money's kind of tight, but I figured he doesn't have to know about it. So do you want to oh. go with me? No. <laughs> no? Why? Uh, what I mean is, uh, I don't know. Um, so let me check my schedule, and then I'll get back to you. Okay, yeah, give me a call. Okay. Kat, what's going on? What do you mean? Well, I'm kind of one cheek in it here. Look, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. You wanted me to sit here, right? Well, of course. And whoever sits here makes all the decisions? Right. So what's the problem? Oh, there's not a problem. I just, I don't know what I was thinking. Really, please, here, sit down. As long as you're sure. I'm sure. Okay, okay. so let's start over. Okay. All right. Kat, I noticed that you've been losing your temper a lot lately. Right. So, okay, Jesus, you know what? I know what you're going to say, but um, see, you, do? you don't know the whole situation, you know? Oh. I, well, all I'm saying is that your attitude is a decision. Yes, of course, but I have a lot going on right now. Well, I know you're under a lot of pressure. Pressure? Jesus, you don't understand pressure, okay? This I, isn't working, Kat. What? We can't both sit on the seat. It's either me or it's you. Okay, I know. You know, I, I didn't think it was going to be this hard, but here, just take it. No, I'm not going to take it. You have to give it to me. Okay, here. Kathleen, make a choice. I can't. You just did. So there are moments we treat God like a stool. That is, that we see is truly his Lord of our life, but we see otherwise, and we always. Try to say, like, God, you're, you're the center. You sit on this stool. But sometimes we make excuses and we try to get on this stool at the same time and say, like, well, God, I have this reason. But what does it mean to call him Lord? Is he the true ruler of your life? And don't get me wrong, that's not easy to say, like, because we're all human. We're all broken people. We all struggle with sin in our life. But ultimately, you know, it comes with a decision. And making a commitment to, to God, like, God, I need to surrender my life with you. Because you know sometimes, often our faith swings to the left, to the right, like a pendulum. Our life looks very much like when we shop online. There are times when I was shopping for this standing desk, and I could not tell you. It took me two to three months. I kept staring at it, like, oh, do I want this leg? And I would like, oh, this is, this is expensive. Like, but should I pull the plunge? And I would like, look at it every day and just not commit to it. And then I look at it more and more, but then... I, as I often think about this, why do I spend so much more time on thinking about what I need as far as my work-from-home desk, this like fantasy where I don't have to work at the office, I got my own setup, but instead, like, why don't I think about my time with God, my devotion to Him? What can I do to grow my relationship with Him? How can I love people more? How can I shift my mind and my heart to line with one another? 
And the same goes for our jobs. Sometimes we, we enjoy like these positions that we want to go for, being a director, being a manager. Um, don't get me wrong, these are good things. And it shows that we enjoy them. But at the same time, do we actually find joy in spending time with God? Do we find joy in serving people? Do we find joy fellowshiping with others in a community group? So being part of church like means like then just more than just coming here on Sundays. The question is, where is God leading you in building our community? Let's serve together. That's what God, God calls us to do. Serve. Let's join a community group where we can build life, talk about various topics, and pray for another. This is the best way to connect with us here at Northwest. If that sounds familiar, it should. This is my line that I say when I share during announcements. Our faith needs to be consistent. Where we are embodied by other believers and trusting our journey together. Our faith shouldn't be just something we are obligated to do. But we are enjoying it. Do we find joy? Do we, find, do we thrive for joy in serving people? Uh, back when I was in high school and all the way through when I was 26, I truly believed I was being part of leadership was a joy to me because I loved serving. But some older brothers that talked with me, like, hey, Paul, I think you really care about being this leadership position. It's like, no, no, I, I think I'm good. Then later on, as the years go by, I started noticing my own heart. Man, I think I cared about what people think of me. I cared about that I'm respected. I cared about being in this leadership position where I can see as a godly person. And that right there, my mind is messed up. And after that, like I needed to uh, take a step back. What it means to have joy in the Lord and serving. So I find myself just helping out like little things, like, hey, like, can I help with welcome team? Or can I like um, do a little like organization for administration for our community group? And little by little I start to understand like, no, this is what joy means. Having joy to serve God because you love it. Not just because you have to not just because you want the fame or the, the notice, but more about you have joy in serving the Lord. Because Jesus tells us that professing him as Lord is not enough to guarantee our entrance into the kingdom of heaven. This is not about the eloquence of our prayers or the religious acts we perform in his name. Instead, Jesus emphasized the importance of obedience to the will of his Father. So we need to be obedient to God's will. So the other half of the verse says, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. The act of will is by obeying what God calls us to do. Our obedience flow from our heart transformed by God's grace, leading us to willingly follow his commands. It requires listening to the Holy Spirit. Guides are acting upon it, even when 
It contradicts our personal desires or societal norms. Genuine believers understand that obedience is an expression of our love for God and the reflection of their trust in his wisdom and goodness. The point is this. Do we have a relationship with God that's authentic? Rather than solely having these external religious activities that we do just because that calls us as a Christian. Oh, I serve on worship team, or um, I serve on welcome team. Like, I'm a Christian. Or I go to church on Sundays. I'm a Christian. So this passage urges believers to examine the sincerity of our faith the alignment of our actions with the will of God emphasizes the significance of a genuine relationship with Jesus. Our goal is to love God with all our hearts, loving our neighbors and our, as ourselves. You guys know this verse? Um, actually, I mixed it. Did I mix it? I'm sorry. Oh, I, I missed this portion. Uh, so, I want to backtrack this, but John Piper says this about the will. So one we can call God's will a decree or his sovereign will, and the other we can call God's will of his command. His will decree always comes to pass whether we believe it or not, and then we have God's will of command, which can be broken is every day. So when we look at this, we got to understand what's the difference between the both wills. Do I do the will of the Father, or is it more of a, a command? Like the, the sovereign will. And if we look into uh, this verse I wanted to mention earlier, is that um, in Mark chapter 12, verse 30 31, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So let's live out our faith in every aspect of our life, knowing that it's through this genuine faith and obedience that we find true fellowship with Christ and inherit the kingdom of God. So let's take a moment to reflect on our own lives. Do our actions align with our profession or our faith? Are we driven by sincere desire to follow Jesus and fulfill the will of the Father? Or are we merely going through the motions? Seeking to gain recognition, to gain the status approval from others. Because sometimes we, we do this because we want to jog for position. We want to be noticed by others. But Jesus says, I never knew you. When we look in the Gospels, in the book of Matthew, you remember the scene where Jesus got baptized by John the Baptist. He gets dunked in the water, and this, this shine of light and this deep voice says, this is my son, who I am well pleased. As we see this passage, this is a true act of obedience to the Father. He was obedient to God's will for him. So, for us, like, 
what does it mean to be obedient to God? How does that tie with our authenticity? A true act of, a true genuine um, faith comes from our integrity. So authenticity ties, authenticity ties with our integrity. Um, in this verse, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy, prophesy in your name? Your name casts out demons and your name perform many miracles. When I declare to them, I never knew you, leave me, or who practice lawlessness. So that sounds a lot like the life of who is a Christian. There is a temptation for us believers to fall into a work-based mindset. We convince ourselves that we make up good works that we've done enter in God's good graces. We've just done the things we need to do to call ourselves as a Christian. This is where we fall into verse 23. Jesus tells us differently and says, and then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So clearly we see this passage that the name of Jesus first and foremost is no name to mess around with. In fact, also Jewish exorcists would use this name of Jesus as means for them to receive glory from man. These Lord, Lord people have come to God with a sense of merit as a showing works are from God. Why in fact they are not. So now, wait a second. Didn't Jesus also brought works through miracles that people saw? That's a good question. But there is a difference between Jesus performing miracles and these Lord, Lord people performing miracles is the heart behind the action. God looks at the heart and where you're at, where your attention's at. Is your heart a loving, humble heart? A trust God that you put that you put him first? Or does our integrity who say we are have no merit? The one who is a true child of God is sanctified and transformed in the likeness of him. Jesus is trying to change you from the inside out. Therefore, many of us have made, have claimed we have done mighty works in Jesus' name, but we did it for the glory. We did it for the gain. Clearly, words doesn't save you. And doing all the works seem to be counted by God as meaningless, as Jesus says. God, look at me. I help wash dishes. God is amazing. I lead people to worship. Look, I saw people raising their hands. They're in awe. Look, I did that. But God says, that's meaningless. And as we need to examine our heart, that's the most important thing. Because the heart is the vital organ that brings us to life. The thing goes for our spiritual health. If our heart doesn't contract the way we live, then we should might as well say we are spiritually dead. Everything we do, everything is possible through what Christ has done for us. We can go around telling people we love Jesus with all our heart when in all actually we spend less time meditating and reading the Word of God. 
Because essentially, talk is cheap. We say these things, we, we commit to these things, but it means nothing if you don't have those actions. Because we need to live out what God truly says uh, we're called to do. That's why we need to continually check ourselves where we're at in our faith. Where am I at? Am I truly a committed follower of Jesus? Do I look at things where I improve myself, where people look at me more valued, instead of just doing to serve God? About a week and a half ago, um, I had like a, a dental like procedure that I did, and then I got woken up, and there were my um, periodontist told me, "Hey, Paul, like the the paramedics are coming." Like, what are you talking about? It's like your blood pressure was substantially high, and I found out my blood pressure was one ninety four over one thirty five, and I was like, "Whoa." And I went to the ER, and then they continually checked my blood pressure. It went down a little bit. And the lowest went down to like 171 to 125. And they asked me to purely check my blood pressure by getting a blood pressure monitor at a Walmart. So I continually checked and monitored my blood pressure as it went down over the, uh, the next couple of days. And the same we need to do for our own faith. We need to monitor our our faith, our, like our heart, our heart issue. Where are we at? Are we truly at, like a believer in Christ? Have we truly have surrendered to him in your life? Because Jesus urges to examine our lives to ensure that, that you are not merely just a superficial believer, but more a grounded, genuine believer in Christ. Because we need to demonstrate in these matters by doing the actions that God calls us to do. Because by serving our church, being part of our community, that's important. The question is, are you doing those things? If not, why not? And a lot of me say, like, oh, I'm busy. Or I got other priorities to do, but we're all busy, but are we willing to make the time with God? And going to him like, hey, God, what can I do? How can I serve you? Because it scares me even sometimes, even for me. Like, am I a truly believer in Christ where I commit my time and spend time with him? If my faith is not authentic, then I could very, maybe, not go to heaven. And I want to just get this straight. It's not about our works. It's by our, our heart. Like, your, your faith in Christ is justified through faith alone. But the thing is, when we read in James about without works, your faith is dead. It's more about, like, your heart again. Do we truly have a desire to serve God? Because we love Him. Because we want to do these things naturally because... We love God. That's the thing we need like, to focus on. Will you pray with me? God, we just thank you so much for today, Lord. Uh, thank you for this opportunity just to 
read your word and just uh, going through the book of Matthew and just understand what authenticity means in our faith. And God, I ask you, I pray that you would just speak to us, convict us. Am I a Christian? Am I a believer in Christ? Am I committed? And I ask you, Lord, for each individual person here today, for those who are online, that am I struggling? Am I falling away from, from you, Father? How can I return back to you? What does it look like for me to have an authentic faith? How can I relive my prayer life? Just be able to go through the word and praying to you, talking with you on a daily basis. So I ask you, God, in this time that we were to wrestle with this verse that we read today, that we were able to just understand, like, even though we may fall short, but that, God, you give us grace. But also, I pray that you would convict us to have the desire to continue to grow in our faith, to surrender to you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you're encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to the other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you so much for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.